17 and everyone who makes this happen you know all these people behind the scenes Trevor Ben out there lights everyone there's a lot of people makes this beautiful experience happen this morning we thank you team God bless you again for leading us in that what a great song <laughs> go ahead and take a seat this morning if you're at home make yourself comfortable actually not too comfortable Last thing our world needs right now is an overly comfortable church, yeah. You know, I was really trying not to sing so I wouldn't lose my voice while I'm speaking this morning. So thanks a lot for that, but uh, no, <laughs> praise the Lord. Um, you know, Pastor Jack and Carol are up at Coffs Harbour this morning ministering, Lighthouse Church, Lifehouse Church, sorry. And uh, we, we've had a close relationship with that church for many years. And uh, the pastor's up there, Pastor Lottie and his wife C., um, served in youth ministry for many years. In fact, they left the, they uh, really headed up a lot of youth alive in New South Wales, real world changes. And, uh, you know, they, they invited Pastor Jack and Carol up. And anyway, they sent them a letter. And guess what? I got a hold of the letter. And I'm going to read it out. Pastor Jack doesn't have to know. I won't tell him if you don't. But listen to this. Dear Jack and Carol, over 25 years ago, you spoke at Lifehouse Church. In my opinion, that one weekend has had the single greatest impact on the direction of Lifehouse. It was on that weekend that we went from being a church who was passionate about our local community to being a church who understood that we were called to take the gospel into all the world. I am pleased to say that 25 years later, this vision is still burning in our hearts. Over the years, the arrow point of what we know we are called to do has narrowed, giving us greater focus for the mission of Lifehouse. Today, we know that our purpose is to plant churches who work for the peace and well-being of their communities. Through our partners and projects, we are outworking this locally and throughout the world. On the weekend that you are with us, that's this very morning, we will be receiving our once a year miracle offering, which we call our one week for eternity offering. We are so grateful that you are able to be with us for this special service. We know that your passion for souls has only grown throughout the years. Amen. And that's why we've asked you to come, to allow your passion to stir our hearts to action. We love you both and are looking forward to having the weekend with you, Pastor Lottie and C. How awesome is that? And I just think right now, Father God, even as we gather here and these brothers and sisters gather under the ministry of our pastors in Coffs Harbour, we thank you for your presence, for your anointing on Pastor Jack and Carol. And we just believe with them, Lord, that they will change, that godly courage will arise in those people, bringing courageous actions that will change people's worlds. Amen. Good one. Actually, I'll let the cat out of the bag there. Actually, uh, those closing remarks just coughed up the title of the message I'm going to share this morning. So how about that? Convenient transition there. <laughs> It's a, uh, I think it's a statement. I think it's like a, um, a kingdom declaration, you know, a, um, a revelation for this congregation. How's that? I'll stop at that. I'm not tie our party, but, you know, it is a statement. You know, we're in a season right now of uh, fearless courage culture and a fearful, mixed-up world. Let me tell you, they need a fearless, courageous church. And the statement that we're declaring this morning is, Godly courage brings courageous actions that change people's worlds. Powerful. <clears throat> change people's worlds. Did you know that people are crying out today? Crying out 
Often they don't know it. (laughs) It's usually coming from somewhere much deeper than their understanding. But we should not be surprised if God starts giving us some of the things he hears and he feels coming from the hearts of of his lost people. In the Bible, you know, things cry out. They cry out. It says the rocks cry out. Um, uh, innocent Abel's blood, says, cries out to God for justice. Cries out. The Macedonian man in, in Paul's vision, crying out, come over here and help us. See the crying out. You know, some of us here, we've seen the faces of the kids in our schools and we've heard them crying out in town or people in the marketplace people who run businesses or work and serve the men the women the children might be in emu plains might be in that village in cambodia we went to we see them hear them or that might be that african in that african jail even the workers in that jail we've heard them crying out we heard them crying out that particular person at school or at uni, that God's just put on your heart. Can you hear them crying out? You know, some time ago in our city, we heard, um, you know, those families affected by violence crying out. In fact, Pastor Jack, I had a coffee with Pastor Jack one day and he just said, brother, he really had a burden. He said, we need to do more with family violence in Penrith. He heard the crying out. Now, we knew the statistics. You know, Penrith is number two in metropolitan New South Wales for the number of police-reported domestic violence incidents. That's our town, just behind Blacktown, which is Mount Druitt, you know. We heard that cry. And I remember around that time, a friend of mine, I was talking to him in a, a local hotel, telling him this new project, and he goes, yeah. So I get the look on his face. He goes, yeah. He said, what you really need to do is do something about suicide. He said, that's really hurt us. Let me tell you, he heard the cry. He heard the cry. And we've heard that. Our, our town's been affected. A lot of people at that time lost their sons and, and friends. People are crying out, if we can hear it. Now, what are they saying? Let me tell you, they're saying, change my world. Change our world. Show us the way. We want to see Jesus. I believe that's what they're, they're, they're crying out. <laughs> Jesus heard these cries. In Matthew 9, 36, Jesus has been ministering, healing and helping a lot of people. And it says, when he saw the crowds, you know you can see a crowd of people and not really see them. Imagine Jesus looking, he's seeing, he's seeing. He had compassion on them because they were confused and helpless. Confused and helpless. You think they're crying out? Yes, they're crying out. Jesus hears the cry. He said that like sheep without a shepherd. He said to his disciples, the harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest, ask him to send more workers into his fields. That's Jesus' view on the the matter. Now that's a bit of a self-actuating prayer. (laughs) Make no mistake about it. When Jesus calls, you to, uh, calls us to follow him, it kind of comes with a mandate <clears throat> to help change people's worlds. <laughs> Somehow, on some level, he will be using you <laughs> or sending you into people's lives to make a difference as we discover that purpose. Now, how are we going to do this? 
tell you. Godly courage. So what happens? God draws us to him, to Jesus, to, to the cross. We receive him as our saviour and he calls us to follow him as Lord. As we read the word of God, faith arises in our hearts. We see Bible characters serving God and we get that sense that God might have a purpose for me. He's got something he wants to do in me or through me. And some kind of destiny that, that, um, that will not be self-focused like, like the world around us, but our focus will have Jesus and eternity and loving others at the core. That's what happens. You know what I'm talking about? Maybe you're early on this journey. You're still working out trying to sort of know Jesus or you're working through finding freedom or wherever you're at in your journey. But make no mistake about it. If he's calling you to follow him, he's, he's got an agenda too. Um, for all our priorities, our finance, our faith, our life. It's just, it and if there's one thing that most of us repeatedly learn along the way, <laughs> it's that we are not going to be able to do this in our own strength or courage. <laughs> and if we're Pentecostal people, by the way, we really should know this anyway. <laughs> you know, Jesus said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses <laughs> in Jerusalem, all Judea, Samaria, until the ends of the earth, even Penrith and the Blue Mountains. Now, we subscribe to being filled with the Spirit, with God's power working in and through our lives. That's what we do. But I've got to tell you, be honest with you, so often we revert to thinking that we do, we do this in our own strength. Yeah. It's just part of the journey, isn't it? It's something we've got to work through. But one thing is for sure, if we are to become everything that God has called us to be, and that's you and me, um, to become some kind of world changer, you know, it's often said we... we you know, not many of us will change the whole world, but there's someone's world that we will change. Well, we must learn more and more how to rely on the Lord's strength and his courage. You know, back in 1994, it's a fair while ago, back when I knew everything, <laughs> I'd actually been a Christian for three years and read a lot of Christian books, you know, listen to some great messages. And, mate, I was on fire. It's dangerous. And, uh, you know, it was like that stage and employing other things you do in other part of your life to kingdom. Oh, yeah. Right at that time, we were a little country church in Horsham, west of Victoria. And uh, there was a guest speaker that weekend from America, American pastor. And ugh, what is it with these American pastors that God brings across our paths? But anyway, and, uh, you know, and he was one of these really developed in spiritual gifts and prophecy and stuff. And anyway, he, he comes to me and he gives me a, a blunt message from God at that time. And uh, it was, I think it was three months before my son was born. We're talking a long time ago. And uh, a lot of you young ones won't know this, but back then we had an ancient recording device called a cassette tape. And they recorded that through the power of technology. I've actually got this on my phone. But this man just come with a, a word from God for me. And let me tell you, this ain't just for me. I think this is for every one of us who are on this journey. He says, in your heart, you have said, God, I am strong and I want to use my strength for good things, but I have purpose to break down your strength, break it down and replace it with my strength. 
Now, who believes here that every one of us can have that kind of message? You know, you don't need some prophet from America to come and tell you that, you know. And uh, as we read through the Bible, right, Old and New Testaments, there's just this process that God does to everyone who follows him. And it's this process. And I don't think anyone does it more than the Apostle Paul. <laughs> His journey is amazing. He expressed and he lived this process, I think, more than anyone. And he literally changed the world. So he's a real world changer, so we do well to look at this guy. He had a very developed worldview, totally dependent on God's empowering strength and courage. He's radical, like way, way too radical, I think, sometimes, but he's awesome. Just the state, I mean, we could fill this, but in Philippians 4, he says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. There's a context for that. He had a lot of challenges his way, but he just this declaration after declaration, he, he says. And it comes from his sense of identity. He knew this. He, in Galatians, he says, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. See, the relationship, he's the one who said, you know, uh, all things are passed away, all things have become new. We're, we're a new creation. And he, he lived this. But with that come the life, strength and courage of Jesus through his life. He lived it and stated it more than anyone else. So if we are to be used by God to change someone's worlds, then on some level at least we also need to learn to submit our life to his power and process. Yeah. It's not easy. <laughs> Paul was tested, man, you read the book of Acts, wow, and his, his letters, beaten, threatened, arrested, interrogated, ridiculed, shipwrecked, you know, bitten by poisonous state consistently. Yet through it all, he maintains this extraordinary courage, godly courage, in demonstrating Jesus to his world. He is something else. But again, the way he, this is what I, it's like David when you read the Psalms, all this stuff comes out. It's like Paul in his writings. He's just, he said, Jesus said to him in 2 Corinthians 12, he says, gee, because he'd been saying, God, this is too much. This is too much, Lord. Just take this burden from me. And Jesus says, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. That's profound. You know, the, the Bible talks about there's milk and bread and there's meat you know, as we grow in God. This is meat stuff here, I tell you. And Paul says, therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses. That's pretty radical. So that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. Has everyone been having a hard time somewhere over the last 20 years? You imagine if you took this kind of faith to this. And he says, for when I am weak, then I am strong. So in our most challenging times, they're the times to look to him. That's this process of, in his undescribable grace, how he breaks down our reliance on our own strength and replaces with his. He's like John the Baptist who said in his ministry, he says, to, of Jesus, John said, he must become greater, I must become less. And that's a revelation, I tell you what. I think we've grown enough to hear this kind of message this morning, hey? I think so. 
The focus, though, of, of, of Acts and uh, Paul's writings is not just the fact that Paul's some, you know, superman of extraordinary courage. You know, he's the man. You know, if that's the message, it's, you know, he would say, like Pastor Jack says, hey, I'm not the man. But I know the man. <laughs> I think that's Paul. That would Paul. He said to the hip, you know, if you come along to Matt and Nash's youth, that's what he'd say. But uh, but he is an example of godly courage, living for others like us to follow. So he says, uh, Philippians, for example, he says, join together as he writes to them, join together in following my example, brothers and sisters. And just as you have us as a model, keep your eyes on those who live as we do. We're talking world changers here. And this is how. Godly courage. They're the world changers. Okay. But where is all this heading? Why are we given this godly courage? Because unfortunately, we can know all this stuff and still not be used by God to change people's worlds. Because it comes down to one thing, courageous actions. Because remember, godly courage brings courageous actions that change people's worlds. In James, uh, courage is like faith. And we know faith without works is dead. In James 2, um, James says, what? <laughs> James is pretty blunt too, I like him. He says, what good is it? Brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith or courage but has no deeds, can such faith or courage save them? Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says, go in peace, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is that? In the same way, faith, or courage by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. We don't want dead courage, I tell you now. Let's just do something, <laughs> do some stuff. You know, people out crying out are often more close than we think. <laughs> I've used some big examples, but I'm telling you now, start there. Look for those opportunities. You know, I'll look down so I don't offend anyone here, but uh, with all due respect, but... People in connect groups and etc. often, uh, you know, approach me or Margaret, you know, for, for Westcare to help people in their connect group or someone that they know. With all due respect, by the way, you can continue to make these requests just for the record. However, but what I'm saying is what a waste of an opportunity for godly courage. And the other thing is, you know, a lot of these people don't... It's not the organisation. No, people are not looking for the organisation. They're looking for you. They're looking for the person. They're looking for the one who's representing, who Jesus is living through. That's the power. And if there's anything this city needs, is people consistently, personally serving. And, and it's just a love language of Penrith. Persistent serving. We've, we've cracked it. I'll tell you now, that's the love language of this city. I'll testify to that. But it's a wasted opportunity for you to change their worlds, you know? Um, just say there is someone in your, uh, you know, someone you know, and oh, me and you might take someone from your connect or you, me and my connect group, we went out and we got this food for you, we did this and we bless you. That's different than, oh yeah, we got a hamper from our charity. Very different. 
Hebrews 10 says, and let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and um, all the more as you see that day approaching. (laughs) You know, there's a day when Jesus is going to come and say, well done, you good and faithful servant. Let me tell you, he's looking at world changes. It struck me recently and uh, I don't know, I was dreaming or whatever I was at, but uh, that happened and Jesus, you know, some of us are huggers more than others, you know. I mean, Steve, you know, Stephen Mater, I know you're a hugger, me, you mate, wherever you are, but some of us are huggers more than others. Let me tell you, on that day, I just got this thing now recently where Jesus come up and, and gave me a hug. Let me tell you, there's something in that presence in that moment. He values this so much. And like, whoa, it's emotional just thinking about that. You know, years ago, my daughter was very ill. And uh, I was a casual employee, and Delwyn was working part-time at the school here. And those first couple of weeks, I've got to say, it was a real spin. Uh, with a life-threatening situation, a 24-hour focus on being with our daughter. Now, I was in Pastor Robert DeMartin's Connect Group, or Cell Group, or G12, whatever it was at the time. You know what? Those brothers passed the hat around, and they paid our rent those two weeks. <laughs> you know how moved, how touching that was? It changed our world. You know, the big question is, how much did that change our world? I don't know. God may have actually, who knows what God did, but that's powerful. I'm telling you now, you can do that this week. You know, you can just, just be aware. The other thing I'd say is, let's not settle for second best, which is a self-focused lifestyle. Don't settle for this. You don't want to be that person. If there's one thing, I don't know if many of us agree, if there's one thing that this very church has embroidered into my soul is that this life is not just about me. It's about God and it's about others. It's not just about me and my crew, you know, or me and, me and my three, or you and your crew. <laughs> it's about God and others. Seriously, that's a DNA strand we need to inbelt, you know. Let me tell you, if you are, you, won't, you will not be able to hear these cries from your community. You won't hear it. It's too self-consumed. Or in the nations. You won't hear, hear the cries of these people. You will not see the priority of that beaten, battered person in need that God brings before you. If we consume our Christianity, our Pentecostal power, you know, even our godly courage on ourselves, um, guess what? We become just like that priest and just like that Sadducee in in the parable of the Good Samaritan. You know, they knew God kingdom stuff, I'm telling you now. They had faith training preparation, but it had all become about me. And they walked straight past that beaten up man that God had brought across their, their path. They actually crossed the road to keep focused on what they were focused on. That's a real concern, but that's Samaritan. If we had time, I'd read that passage, but, but that's Samaritan. You know, we moved to, uh, to Sydney, because God, you know, and uh, by the time the year 2000 come around, I really did know everything, because I'd just come, my pastor said, you need to go to Bible school. Okay, so come and we did a three, well, three and a half year theology degree, right? So I just graduated a theology degree, and uh, our church at Parramatta was serving with at the time. 
They had a guest speaker come along from America. Can you believe this? The same man that all those years ago, Pastor Lynn Perry, great man. Anyway, and he was praying for people at the end of the service. I thought, I'll, I'll go up there, you know. And uh, again, cassette tape. This is exactly, I'll just read this quickly. This is what this man says to me at that time. He says, I hear the Lord saying, I want you to attack the mountain. I want you not to hold back and wait and wait and wait until and for the things to get just right. I want you to set your eye towards a thing that I've already put within you and take the risks that I've already made the way straight. I'm already working the impossible and I'm giving you the capacities to overcome the difficulties that seem so big. Don't stand any longer saying, God, make changes, make changes, make changes. I want you to start affecting the changes. I want you to get your shovel out and start digging. Get your courage on and attack that mountain. You flatten it out and I'll help you. There's been so many lies that have come that says you can't because, because, because. The Holy Spirit says, I don't care about the because. Get to the, I care about the action. Get to the action and I'll help you. Stop standing and praying all day. Get to it. And I have a recording of that very prophecy from that American on my phone today. One year later, God brought us here to Penrith Christian Life Centre. You know what? We're together. We have been changing people's worlds ever since, all over the world and right here in our town. You know, I even mentioned before about the, the Pastor Jack who just heard this burden for calling out for the domestic violence-affected families. And I often think of the children. You know, some of us have been through family journeys and I, I often think of the children. And You know what? Just last week, the, the sixth Mum, with six kids, just moved out of our 1,000 safe sleeps units. We've had many with five kids, four kids, you know. There's a mountain there that we, by the godly courage and courageous actions and the support of a lot of people, we're making a difference in that sector. And we support pretty much every single domestic violence service in, in Penrith. And that man, uh, my buddy TK, um, who had said, yeah, you know, suicide, he's here in the suicide, let me tell you, now we have the honour of, of auspicing the, the largest weekly mental health activity in Australia called the Penrith Men's Walk and Talk. And any Thursday night, I can take you down there, lead you by the hand and introduce you to several men who lost their sons to suicide and introduce you to several other men who had unsuccessful, thank God, suicide attempts who are now doing real well. Godly courage brings courageous actions that change people's worlds. You think this is on God's agenda? You better believe it. And so much more as we, um, the Lord of the harvest is looking for labourers. Not just pastors and charity runners and whatever else. No, you, where you are right now, right now. And you're going to ask, what's your next step in that? Like, okay, you know, as I say, we could have a lot of different people, you know, on different places on your journey right now. Let me tell you a good spot to hang out. And you can hang out after this service. Not only that, you'll get a free cappuccino. You know, I don't know what crosses your mind when you come out of here at about 10, 10.30. Oh, a cappuccino. Now, you can go to the left and pay Steve for a coffee. Or you can go to the right to the Next Steps Lounge and they'll make you a free cappuccino. <laughs> and the reason they're there is to dis- discuss your next step. Interesting. And over the years, mate, they've tried to sign me up for kids' church, youth, bands, you know, whatever. <laughs> And I'm, all I'm there is for the free cappuccino. But anyway, <laughs> I can't encourage you. You guys will come up, team. Bless you. Um, 
I cannot encourage you enough to have the conversation. Have the conversation. And some of you need to have the conversation with yourself. And then, uh, you know, there's just a, there's a, a process here, a next steps process can facilitate. And we, we're on a journey of discovering our purpose. And ultimately, God can use us to make a difference. How good's that? Don't you love that? Look, I'm just going to close with a prayer right now. I just, uh, I know God gave me this message this morning and I just had to share it like I have. And uh, so I, he's the one doing the work. Father God, I just thank you. Lord, you never left us battered on the side of the road. <laughs> you sent someone across our path. And uh, we're just forever grateful for that. Lord, we know that every one of us, you say, you come, you follow me, you be my disciple. Lord, you're going to send us across many people, many other people's paths. And this morning, Father, we commit ourselves to being open to you to, Lord, we want to hear you. We want to take that next step. And we want you to use us to change these people's worlds. Let us hear their cries. And let us hear your word in our life and your presence that goes on for us to walk in that destiny of changing people's worlds. In Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord.